Hi, I'm Jessie, your host, and welcome to a new episode of Marketing Talks. Today, from the heart of Beirut, I have my special MBA students, uh, Ms. Houri Kazarian. Hello, Houri. And Ms. Abdi Rabel. Hello, Abdir. Thanks Hi. for joining us today. Sure. Um, today, our topic will be about Starbucks, but it's failure uh, in two international countries. And in general, big brands, when they want to grow, they, they think of expanding internationally, going beyond their geographical borders. Uh, McDonald's failed in uh, India, and they failed in Jamaica. So it's it's really not a new uh, something new that we hear a big brand failed before. So today, just we're gonna tell our audience the story of uh, those two stories of Starbucks actually in Australia and in China, uh, for us to learn from this uh, failure and also to um, maybe analyze a little bit how they could have avoided it, right? Yeah. Um, just to start, I would like to say that Starbucks they started in 1971. They are uh, existing in more than 80 markets or countries. They have more than 35,000 stores and 43 of them are here in Lebanon. Um, as you all know, Starbucks is a popular uh, uh, coffee store. It provides a very welcoming and ambient uh, space to enjoy for people to enjoy their drinks during uh, studying, during meetings. And, uh, and usually they target also high income and high spender customers. Okay. And what we know is that they have high quality products and uh, high uh, uh, fresh uh, ro uh, beans. roasted yeah. yes, beans. But Abir, I'm going to leave the floor now to you so you can tell us what happened in Australia. Uh, yes, sure. So um, basically, Australia is, has the 13th largest uh, economy in the world. And it has uh, a good coffee industry with revenue like up to like $1.6 million and uh, was in 2021. So, you know, Starbucks being Starbucks, they would be like, I mean, why not go into, into this market, right? Yes. So uh, they opened in the uh, year 2000 and they started opening very fast and they reached up to 90 branches in 2008. So that's like up to 11 branches per year. Okay. But during those uh, seven or eight years, they had a loss of $105 million throughout those seven years wow. and to like operate they had to borrow money from from the u.s just to be able to operate so in 2008 they were like no that's it we need to close two-thirds of our branches so they closed from they went from 90 and to like 20 something branches in all of australia and then everybody started wondering what really happened in, in australia so the first failure was that they basically expanded too fast. They went okay. from directly, they went strong. They thought uh, Starbucks is popular. Everybody would want Starbucks, but Australians, they said, no, this is not what we want. Um, they were not giving them what they want. Okay. So Australians have this love to, to coffee. They, uh, uh, Italians and Greek brought coffee to Australia. So they came with their espressos. So it was yeah. this strong taste, this uh, uh, bitter taste. They enjoyed that with Italians, you know, knowing this socially. So coffee comes with the social um, uh, environment. Everybody likes to talk over coffee and all of that. While Starbucks had the opposite, uh, uh, the opposite environment. Concept, so yeah. you simply just grab your coffee and you leave. Yeah. They have the sugar taste uh, uh, coffees, the sugar taste drinks. So Australians were not really interested. 
and uh, basically Starbucks expanded too fast without really asking what do Australians want uh -huh. and what is it that they're looking for. So this was basically the first reason why it really failed uh, um, in Australia, basically. Wow. So yeah. the expansion wasn't really calculated. No, no. And it's not related to the places, geographical places of the branch. It was no. more related to the customer preferences. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So this was like, and, and talking also about the uh, the price, the high price of, yes. uh, uh, of the coffees, because uh, Australians in general, they can get any coffee from the local uh, coffee shops uh -huh. and they had for, less price. Price. Yeah, for cheaper prices yeah. exactly uh -huh. for cheaper prices and it's not that they do not like the international brands because there is also uh, Gloria Jeans okay. it's also an American uh, brand coffee brand okay. but what Gloria Jeans did that Starbucks did not do in Australia is that they actually Australianized their menu. Uh -huh. So they included some of the Australians drinks such as the flat white, the Australians macchiato. So uh, so they did way better than uh, than Starbucks and uh, basically in Australia. And mm -hmm. do you think if they would have asked after those yeah. seven years their customers, what would you like us to adapt or amend in our menu? Do you think they could have turned this failure or into into a success story? Yeah, I think so. They they still did not did not ask uh, what what do they need or what the Australians need in the market because even now, although they're still operating with very uh, minimal uh, number, number of, of branches, branches. but uh, their mar their target are actually uh, tourists in Australia and not the locals. Oh, so okay. they're they're just. It seems like they're not interested, maybe, to know about. Or maybe they have this <laughs> so much high ego, they yeah. don't want to change anything yeah. in them. Okay. Yeah. Maybe they should have asked the, the consumers ahead of time, uh, before opening. Before, oh, yes. Yeah, maybe. And this is what usually companies do before entering a new uh, uh, market. market. They do a study and it takes years sometimes. Yeah. Exactly. It's not just like, okay, we've been successful here, so definitely we'll be successful everywhere. No, it's not yeah. the case. So, yeah, I agree. They should have did, they should have done a study and some stats, uh, some experiences, the markets, yeah. some observations maybe, uh, to make sure that uh, this entry yeah. would, would be uh, in a, the right place, right moment etc exactly so basically all they did is that they copied their strategy and they started pasting it without really going into yeah. what the market so they didn't go local they just no. went global correct all right correct yeah okay yeah. amazing and um perfect so uh what about china let's move on to hori now yeah tell well, us more about china well china basically took a different turn so basically when starbucks entered the chinese market it was late 1990s and starbucks was basically entering a market that was that where the people loved tea they didn't have any interest in coffee back then okay so this is one of the reasons why starbucks at first struggled to enter the chinese market because you know starbucks is more focused on coffee roasted beans not that much of tea okay. so um, the research shows that during the first nine years of entering the chinese market starbucks actually was failing it was losing a lot of money but what they did here was another success story for starbucks actually we can consider it a success story since they shifted their strategy they started to take into consideration what the chinese people like especially tea especially the chinese flavors for example they started to include in their uh, in their menu uh, something that is called ulai tea jasmine tea and these were the preferences of the chinese consumers they also started to include sweet flavors that chinese people like such as uh, uh, beans um, and, and stuff that makes 
the coffee more sweet and uh, creamy. So this is the strategy that, that they used. Also, they used other strategies such as they started to encourage to incorporate the Chinese um, atmosphere into their stores. So if you go to a Starbucks in China, you can see that the, the store is in red. They have the lanterns. They have the Chinese artwork into uh -huh. the stores in order to be able to attract Chi the Chinese consumers. So these are the stuff that they did. They also started to partner up with um, local partners, with local uh, uh, local partners in order to be able to bring the high quality roasted beans and the tea leaves in order to make it more appealing to the Chinese uh, consumers because what they learned was that Chinese um, they, they love their, their tradition. Yes. And for a business to be able to succeed in China, they need to adapt to the Chinese customs and traditions. So this is what they did. All right. So after nine years. Yeah. After nine years of failing and losing, <gasps> they changed their strategy. Isn't it too much? Like, I mean, nine I years. So. Like, uh, if you're not, if you're not doing well, you can tell by the I, second or third year, right? Exactly. Like, exactly. But, but now it's a success. They, they were able to turn it into a success story. So this is, I think it's very good for Starbucks. Yes. Sure. And speaking of the interior decoration, uh, there are, if, I don't know if you've, if you've seen them, there are 20 unique Starbucks stores around the world yeah. that shifted a bit the concept of the interior decoration of Starbucks. Yeah. Uh, we have one in Dubai, we have one in Paris. In Paris. Yes, and exactly. Another one in Milan as well. Yes, yes. the roastery. So, yes, yeah. 100%. So yeah. they can shift a little bit the interior decoration. Yeah. And uh, like you said, they adapted the menu uh, to, to some, something that would appeal to the Their audience. preferences. Yes. Exactly. I wonder why they didn't do yeah, this in exactly. Australia, right? Yeah, yeah me they too. Could I mean, have they could have asked. Exactly, exactly. This is because this is the main failure of the Starbucks in Australia. But I mean, if they were able to do it in China, I wonder why they weren't interested to do it in yeah. Australia. So what we can say here as a more the moral of the story is to be flexible. Yes. Even even if you have a nice selling products worldwide in some uh, countries or markets, it, it might not be the case. So yeah. flexibility is key here in order not to fail. That's exactly. that's and and yeah, you think you think Starbucks, that's a big name, that's a global brand. And then yet you feel like even those big brands, they can do uh, some missteps sometimes. Um, what about Starbucks in Lebanon? We know that the Lebanese, they love they their love own it. coffee, yeah. uh, the, the Turkish coffee, let's say. Yeah. But we can see here, Starbucks is a, is a successful uh, coffee shop and people yeah. go there. Yeah. What do you think of Starbucks in Lebanon? Uh, personally, I love it. <laughs> I love their coffee. Some might consider that it's a bit overpriced if you compare it to other coffee shops. But the service they provide, uh, the coffee, the, the high quality products they, they, they provide, I think it just makes it worth it. Also, you can go there for a meeting, you can go there to study, you can, you, you can use this place for several options. So I think it's I think it's a success story in Lebanon. I'm not sure if Habib yeah. uh, agrees or no. Yeah, but I think it's also, it depends on the people in, in Lebanon. I yes. mean, Lebanese, they're interested in checking everything out and, yeah. and seeing uh, what other cultures have to provide. So although we like our own coffee, we enjoy our own coffee, but at the same time, we like to try new uh, new concepts and 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 other things. So one day you might find me in Starbucks, but on, an, on another day you might find me elsewhere because yeah. we like to change from one place to another. Yeah. So basically this is, I think, one of the reasons Starbucks. Yeah, but I believe here. Starbucks customers are loyal customers. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So if you get your coffee from Starbucks today, I think you will keep on. Yeah. 
Unless you're looking the, for the, tur- the exactly. Turkish coffee. Exactly. Yeah, basically. I think they introduced the Turkish coffee again. Um, I'm no? not sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. And uh, speaking of the service, you mentioned the service. It's basically, it's a self-service. You know this. Yeah. And the baristas and the connection that they build uh, yeah. with with the clients yeah. writing sometimes the name the names. in a wrong way. <laughs> exactly. uh, they misspell it on purpose. Yeah. I think all of this is part of the experience. But this high price or this this premium pricing strategy, it's not for the services for the itself. Quality. It's more for the yes the yeah. quality the brand the, the brand, experience yeah. and the status that uh, starbucks has exactly. um now if we if we go back a little bit to the australian case do you think we could recommend them uh, like few steps and uh, i mean we said they have should they should have done a market yeah. study okay yeah. and you said there's another brand uh there's another brand who who adapted to the yeah. preferences Correct. and uh, they they did i mean they conquered the market in a yeah. way do you think they would try again do you think starbucks would try again or They surrender. They surrender um, already. I think. I think they just they changed the target, um, their market basically. But I mean, if they want to to be there, they can. They can turn Starbucks into the the place where people can actually meet uh, and enjoy their coffee rather than have this coffee on the go. They just have to adapt just a little bit to the to the culture, and it's nothing major. I mean, even even the taste of, of the drinks, they can uh, uh, introduce the, the main Australian drinks, for example, the flat white and the Australian macchiato. It's it's okay. I mean, if they did it in China, they, yeah. in yeah. China, they actually introduced tea, which yeah. is, uh, which is a completely a, a different, whole different thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so why not? Uh, I'm still not sure why they're not into introducing these new concepts. It's yeah. just all they all what the Australians really want is simply have this nice space for them to sit, chat, have their uh, strong coffee taste, and and that would be it. I think so. So I'm not sure if they can use another branding um, method. I'm not sure if they can sponsor um, events, for example. They did this in China, actually. Starbucks sponsored um, Beijing Olympics. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, okay. so this uh, brought a lot of exposure, exposure. to star to Starbucks. Okay. So I'm not sure if they can do something like that related to Australia, but yeah, maybe I think so. Yeah, think? we can suggest that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Um, listen, usually when we go international or when a brand want to go international, uh, there's a main element of the culture, uh, which is the two things that are most sen- sensitive are uh, the culture and the food preferences. Yeah. These are the mo- the most important. let's say, or the most sensitive elements. Element. And here in the case of uh, Australia, they had both. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, the way they were serving quick while Australians, they love something more smooth and sitting, relaxing and talking. True. And the taste uh, and the taste as well. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. That's how we learned two things today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so Huri and Abir, I know you showed a lot of passion towards marketing and Starbucks is one of the cases we covered. And thanks for sharing it with us today. Uh, anything else you want to say? Um, thank you for thank having you. us. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks thank for the you. opportunity. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> great. <laughs> thank you, ladies. Uh, that was our episode today uh, of Marketing Talks. And see you in the next one.